Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. Anybody thinking about the love of your life, we were newlyweds at the time, and to think about the possibility of them dying, that's just absolutely gut-wrenching. It would be so easy to just let that fear consume me. And I really had to choose to have faith that God would just carry me through whatever situation was about to occur. With no previous climbing experience, Harold Earl set out to climb the world's tallest mountain right after he married the love of his life. We got hit with about 75 mile an hour winds. Our team got split up. My Sherpa at one point, snow and ice was blowing around very, very severely. And so he actually started to go snow blind at one point on the mountain. It was literally just him and I on a ridge side about a foot and a half wide. To one side, I had this ice wall on to, to my left, looking literally straight down for about 7,000, 8,000 feet. It was straight down. And I knew it was just bad weather conditions. There was a mishap in communication. And so from the little bit that I knew across the world, I knew that he was in a dangerous situation. And that was kind of the first moment that I was like, like, this is real. Like, this could be it. This could be it. Rachel's brand new husband, Harold, was climbing down from the summit of Mount Everest during a deadly snowstorm. She hadn't heard from him. And she just kept thinking, my brand new husband might die. My husband might die. I just knew something was really, really off there. And at that point, there was nothing I could do about it because I couldn't get a hold of my husband. Up until that moment, Rachel had fully supported Harold in pursuing a dream that could cost him his life. But once she couldn't get a hold of Harold as he was trying to climb down, she had to start questioning herself. She had to wonder whether all of this was worth it. I'm Joe Piazza. And this is Committed. Earls has wanted to climb Mount Everest since he was in college at West Point. 
But his other big dream was to marry Rachel, to make her happy and start a big family with her. The problem is those two goals just happened to coincide at the same time in Harold's life. Luckily for him, he had chosen a partner who was willing to sacrifice to make both of his dreams come true. Harold and Rachel first met through Rachel's cousin, Tommy, who was Harold's best friend. He had always said growing up, he's like, man, I have this cousin and she's awesome. She's a redhead. You totally should meet her. And for me at the time, I was like, dude, I am just like, that's awesome. But I'm just like not into redhead. So <laughs> I pass. And then one day he showed me a picture of her and my whole world was flipped upside down. And I was like, Tommy, you have been holding out on me, man. What are you thinking? So long story short, he ended up making it sound like he had cleared the way for me to reach out to her. So I shot her a Facebook message and from there we took off. Well, it wasn't just like a normal Facebook message. <laughs> First, he added me on Facebook and our mutual friends were just our family members. And so I thought he was a distant cousin of mine. And so I was like, okay, I guess I should add this random person. But the message he sent me was basically telling me that he was dating my cousin. Oh, hey, I was trying to be funny, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's very peculiar, but it also, I think it did what he intended. And it kind of like sparked my interest of what is going on here man to tell you i was so nervous i would like log on and then like log off and like craft my message on microsoft word and like make it like just what i thought was this perfect message and then i would send it to rachel so we ended up talking for a bit and then tommy didn't have a facebook at the time and he actually logged on to my facebook i don't know what he was doing but he saw that his cousin and i were messaging and so he started messaging as me and sending all sorts of crazy messages Harold was studying at West Point then. Tommy was one of his classmates. One day, as boys in college do, Tommy got on Harold's computer and started messaging Rachel, pretending that he was Harold. Rachel took it all in stride. She was used to Tommy messing around. She pretty quickly knew it was him. But she wasn't in the best personal place at the time. My whole life, I had dreamed about finding just a great love. I just wanted that so deeply. And in the beginning of college, I thought I had found that in a relationship. And I thought it was who I saw my future with. And it didn't end up working out. And I definitely went through some heartbreak and some pain. Just feeling like this person that I thought was great wasn't choosing me or wanting to fight for me. And so I decided to kind of push off guys for a little bit and really just fall in love with the Lord all over again. Um, and so that's what I did for probably about a year. But then after that, I was getting a little bit anxious. I was like, okay, God, like I'm so content. Like I am happy, but would you please just send me some sort of sign that he is out there? It doesn't have to be today. Like it can be years from now when I meet him. But just give me a little bit of peace. And it was actually the very next day that I got that Facebook request from hey, Harold. Hey, hey. But because of Tommy's ridiculous messaging, the relationship started to speed up. Harold finally had Rachel's phone number, and then he gave her a call. The two of them like to say, and this is so cute, that it was love at first phone call. So that very first phone call was six hours long. And I don't know about most people, but I would say most people's first phone call is not that long. And I think it was because we were both just at the place in our life where we were ready for it. So we didn't want to play games. We were just like, I think I had that just thing on my heart thinking, 
I think this there's something different here. And so we were just open and honest. We talked about our faith and what we wanted out of life, what we didn't want out of life, some of our failures. You were very intentional about what we were seeking together and it made those conversations very meaningful and very deep from the very beginning. I mean, that conversation that I had, like, yes, that six hour conversation, there were lighthearted moments and just getting to know each other, but we got way deeper and talked about very serious things that I had never talked about to any other girl before. And that was the first time we actually had ever talked before we'd even met each other. And I think it was because we were very clear in our intentions from the very beginning. It yeah. was like, hey, this could be someone that I'm looking at spending the rest of my life with. And I think that kind of set the whole framework for deeper conversations and deeper connection to happen. Well, I think people would probably call us crazy. And I think they did back then. I remember my friends being like, Rachel, you still haven't even met him. This is a fishing attempt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you sure he's real? But it really was after that first phone call. I, I think Harold even told me. I did. Like, I was laying in my barracks room. I, I was on, it was like a bunk bed in our barracks and I was on the top bunk. I'll never forget it. Super late at night after talking for six hours. And I just laid in bed and I was staring straight up at our ceiling. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I think I found you. And I literally said that to her on the phone. Mm -hmm. It was just one of these crazy moments. I know that's not, that's not how it works for everyone, right? It could be someone's yeah. best friend over years and they slowly fall in love for us. That's how it happened. And it happened super fast. And I'll just never forget from those conversations and the way that we connected. I was like, wow, I think I just found the woman of my dreams. <laughs> They kept talking and talking, and then they planned to see each other in person for the first time. Rachel was a student at Florida State, and she was also in the Chi Omega sorority. She invited Harold to be her date at one of their functions. But a month before that, one of Rachel's best friends invited her to come out to their beach house. Rachel got there. Harold called her, as he usually did, and she was like, I'm busy. I can't talk right now, Harold. I'm hanging out with my friends. And he said, well, why would I call you back when I'm already here? And opens the door and walks straight in. And I kid you not, like I started shaking so bad uncontrollably and just started saying, what, what, what? Because my brain could not comprehend what was going on. You were crying too. And I was not crying. <laughs> you would say that, but I was not. Like, cause I, my brain was working too fast. It was like, what, what, what? And of course, he comes in camo t-shirt. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My friends did not help me out. He comes in wearing a collared shirt, khaki pants, a belt, like mm, looking. Like a yeah. And I'm wearing an oversized camo shirt to sleep in at night in some Nike shorts. My hair is not done, like no makeup on. And my friends just let this happen. Like the the person they know that I really, really like. And I just look like this. But in that moment, like we just hugged and it kind of like didn't matter at all it was just that first embrace where we were like holy crap this really is real and that was it they dated long distance for a little over a year when harold came up with yet another elaborate plan if you haven't guessed already harold loves elaborate plans and surprises and i thought it was perfect and it almost was except for i screwed something up pretty <laughs> severe but Rachel was part of Chi Omega sorority at Florida State. And so anytime someone she told me about, when someone in her sorority gets proposed to, they do what's called a candlelight. And so the girl who got proposed, who's then engaged, doesn't tell anyone. She keeps it a secret from all of her friends, except for the president of the sorority. And so they all get in a circle, all the girls, and they pass around a candle. And on the third time when the candle goes around, that girl who got proposed to blows it out. And that's how everyone in the sorority 
finds out that she got proposed to and she's now engaged and all the girls freak out and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, hmm. So my mind started turning. So I reached out to the president. I said, hey, I have a crazy idea. What if I schedule a candlelight for Rachel without her knowing? And when the candle goes around on the third time, I will step out and take the candle from her, blow out the candle and propose. So I had everything in motion. I, I had my flights booked, a good alibi. And I was headed there. I made the mistake of actually taking a picture I took a picture in the locker room, but I took a picture of it with my phone. So it was a picture of a picture and I sent it to Rachel and Rachel was like, why did you send me a picture of a picture in the locker room? I thought you couldn't tell, but apparently you could. So I kind of blew my cover a little bit because she knew I was up to something. But yeah, I went around and on the third time I, I popped out, I took the candle, I blew it out and I proposed. And obviously you said yes. And cried so- a bunch. You cried a bunch. You said yes. She was not wearing a camo t-shirt either. That's good. That's nice. But were your nails done? That's the most important thing. My nails were actually done because I think like a week before one of my friends was like, hey, let's have a nail party. And I never paint my nails ever, ever, ever. And so I think we just got lucky. I don't know if that was really planned out. I think we literally just got lucky. I'm going to take credit for that one. They got married right after Harold graduated from West Point. So one, I am not a crier. I did not think I was a crier at all. All right. But I knew that what wedding day like had meant for us. Like we were abstinent until marriage. Like this day was just a very big day for us and a day that we had waited for a long time. And then just having it come full circle and seeing my bride come down the aisle, like beautiful, long red hair, man, she just looked incredible. Absolutely stunning. And seeing her, I lost it. I just started crying. Harold had dreamed his entire life about marrying a woman like Rachel, about having a family with her. But he had another dream too, one that he needed to make sure that Rachel was on board with. More on that after a quick break. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. My senior year at West Point, I created a bucket list and I listed all these things that I wanted to do. But at the very top of that list was climb Mount Everest. So I actually was didn't know how Rachel was going to take it because we were set to get married. I guess a year later, we were going to be getting married. And so I'll never forget that I called her and she didn't have the response that I thought that she would have. People ask Rachel all the time what her reaction was when she found out that Harold wanted to climb the most dangerous mountain in the world. They expect it, like I expected it, to be like, oh hell no, you are not doing this. 
because I feel like that's what a lot of people's rational reaction would be. But mine, I just, I don't even know if I really had a reaction at all other than, okay. Um, and just to give you a little bit of context for that, it's because you have to understand who Harold is. He is the biggest dreamer. Like he just has big, crazy dreams, but he's the type of person that makes it happen. So like, you really have to believe him when he says something. So you have this dream and what did it mean? But like, what did it mean for you that Rachel wanted to support your dream? That even though this sounded batshit crazy, <laughs> that she was like, I love you anyway. And I will do what it takes to make this happen for you. Even though it would be nice to just focus on our relationship for a little while. To be totally honest, it originally was out of like a selfish pursuit. It was because I wanted to accomplish something on my bucket list. I. I hated the cold, I hated climbing mountains, and so I wanted to see what I was made of, more like a, a manly pursuit, essentially. But what was cool is how God really took that and shaped that in ways that I couldn't see. So we ended up putting together the first army team to go and do it. We raised awareness for post-traumatic stress, actually really helped some veterans in need who were struggling with mental health. And then now on the backside, how it turned into really how we grew in our faith and then our relationship, and then now we have this book, is something that's incredibly beautiful. And I think that how sometimes God can use things that are selfish in nature and can really use them for some awesome things. But basically what you're trying to say was, I was a rock star for supporting you. That's what I said. <laughs> Rachel, how do you think you made it your dream? How did getting him to Everest become your dream too? And why was it important that it became your dream? Well, to be honest, I think it really stems from my own desire to just want to feel supported in whatever it is that I want to do in life. So to be able to give that to somebody else, especially starting off in our marriage, now I knew I could have said no, but I didn't think that would be the best, not saying that climbing Mount Everest is the best way to start your marriage either, but it would put us at odds. If this really was something that was placed on his heart, then I, I really did want to just do everything in my power to see it through because I knew that it would bring us closer together. Whereas if I didn't support him, it probably would tear us apart. The biggest decision that they had to make was whether or not Rachel should try to get pregnant before Harold left for the mountain. For me, I, I wanted sort of like an insurance policy before going to Everest in case I didn't come back. So for me, I think it was more of a lighthearted excitement, but I think you had a little bit of a different feeling. Yeah, so we had made the choice to try to get pregnant, I think a month or two before Harold left to go to Everest. And that was a hard decision. We knew we wanted to start our family, but there were so many what if questions. What if I get pregnant and have a miscarriage and he's gone and I have to deal with this alone? Do I share it with him? Or do I not share it with him? Because maybe that'll put him in a dangerous situation. What if I don't get pregnant and he dies and I never get to have the family that I've longed for my whole entire life? What if I do get pregnant and he dies and now I'm a single parent on my own with no real means to support a family? It was so many things and something that pretty much nobody around me could relate to. And so I, I, I really kept it all to myself. We can all relate to just bottling things up inside and keeping it to ourselves. We've all done it. I asked Rachel if she ever ended up finally talking to Harold about it. I, you did. I did. I did. You I, did. you know, especially when we were making the decision to, hey, should we try beforehand or not? I told him all of you know, everything I was feeling. We've always had really good open communication about that. But while he was on the mountain, 
I mean, I didn't know if I was pregnant or not. No, like maybe I had gotten pregnant. I didn't share any of those details with him. Harold recorded a farewell message for Rachel. It was one of the hardest things that he's ever done in his entire life. Trying to put into words everything he felt as he was about to leave his new bride. I was sitting at advanced camp at about 20,000 feet. It was right before we went to the summit. And I pulled out my audio recorder and I left her. It was about eight minutes in total. And I had to say goodbye to the love of my life in case I never came back again. And I think very few people, thankfully, ever have to do that. But it's a very odd place to be, honestly, to say goodbye to someone that you've only been married to a year, to tell her that it's not, you know, don't be afraid to fall in love again, to go out and and make your dreams possible, even though I can't be there for you, was very, very hard. And I, I think that it definitely gave me a level of appreciation and a deeper, you know, understanding of what marriage would be, hopefully on the back end that I'd be able to get back to her. So Harold recorded this note. Hey, honey, um, I, uh, wanted to leave you a, uh, a little voice note. Um, leaving tomorrow to, uh, to go up Everest. And, uh, I, I, I just wanted to leave you this in case, uh, maybe something, you know, not so good happens to me up there. And I, I have a tough time getting down. I guess if you're listening to this, it's, it's cause I'm dead. Um, I, I really just want to tell you that I love you so much. I love you so much. I got tears coming down my face right now. You know, I can't say I know why, you know, this happened. But I I still believe in a big God, you know. And obviously he he did it for a reason, you know. like He does everything for a reason. I mean, promise you, I guess, at this moment I'm doing all right i'm probably walking on some pretty golden streets and laughing and looking down at you and i'm sure you're probably bawling your eyes out right now but just know that i'm, I'm looking down at you from above for sure you know i'm, I'm sure i'm gonna be sitting next to god you know i don't know telling him to try to help your your youtube get big <laughs> so you can make a big impact <laughs> Uh, but I, I love you so much, and honestly, like I, I've been so thankful for the past year with you. It's been, it's been the greatest time of my entire life. I mean, just getting to spend it with you has been unbelievable. I mean, you've taught me so much. I've learned so much from you. I'm so grateful. I mean, I, I guarantee you, like. You know, in those final breaths, however I die, I don't know, I'd definitely be thinking of you in our times together. <laughs> you know, I'd probably died with a smile on my face, you know, thinking about you and <laughs> all of our funny and crazy memories. And <laughs> I guess my prayer to you, and I'll make sure I talk to God about it, you know, is that he brings in a good man in your life, you know. Like it's real tough to say, you know, it's like... I still want you for myself, you know, but it's like, I want you to be happy again. Now, Rachel did not tell Harold whether she might be pregnant or not when he was on the mountain. She could have been. She just didn't want to distract him. But there were also things that Harold didn't tell Rachel, too. 
Mine was out of a way to protect her. There was a gentleman, a doctor on the mountain that we had passed and talked with. He actually died on the mountain and our doctor actually pronounced him dead. Super emotional. His son was there. The first time I'd really seen death. So just present and, and just so real in that case. And so I, I kept that from her. Several things like that just to protect her. So I think there were things that we, we did keep from each other. And climbing Everest was more than Harold ever expected. That year happened to be one of the deadliest ever for climbers on the mountain. Now to the worst disaster ever seen on Mount Everest. Rescue workers pulled 12 people from the snow and ice. Hail of ice and snow that struck out of nowhere. Trapping climbers on the world's highest mountain. It was terrifying, honestly. It, it definitely lived up to... One thing I didn't know is because you hear things about, oh, Everest has been commercialized or this, this, and that. It was an incredibly daunting mountain. We got hit with about 75 mile an hour winds. Our team got split up. My Sherpa at one point, snow and ice was blowing around very, very severely. And so he actually started to go snow blind at one point on the mountain. It was literally just him and I on a ridge side about a foot and a half wide. The one side I had this ice wall and to, to my left looking literally straight down for about 7,000, 8,000 feet. So it was straight down. So yeah, there was a lot of terrifying moments. People ask me a lot if, if I would want to go back and ever do it again. And the answer is undoubtedly no, but I'm definitely grateful, I think, for those experiences in hindsight. And Rachel, I know we already touched on this, but what was it like for you? Well, at which point? <laughs> there were moments when I was really empowered because I decided to kind of go off on my own adventure and I went traveling. So I went to Ireland and Scotland and Guatemala and to Nashville to visit my friends. And that felt good to choose to still live during those terrifying moments. And then, of course, there were the other moments when I haven't heard from my husband. I'm getting a sketchy text calling saying, have Rachel Earls call this number ASAP and nothing going through thinking my husband must be injured or worse dead when i'm out in the middle of guatemala with no service just breaking down into my friend's arms i think i just got a, a whirlwind of, of stuff during those two months at this point rachel had just arrived in guatemala she was off on her own adventure because she thought that would distract her from what harold was doing she'd been there for one night and she was sleeping in this cement block building I remember waking up to the rooster crowing. I'd been sleeping in Harold's camo sleeping bag on the tile floor. I leaned over to my phone because in my mind, I had calculated when Harold would be making the summit push, meaning he'd go up all the way to the summit and back down. And when I thought I should be able to hear from him. And I thought it would be around then in the morning. And I look over to see nothing on my phone and no signal whatsoever. I grabbed my wallet and I was about to head to the internet cafe down the road, hoping that I would get some sort of news from anybody, but it wasn't open yet. And so luckily my friend Morgan was there with me and she had T-Mobile and told me that she had service. Well, Harold also had T-Mobile and had service at Everest, which we thought was so bizarre. And so she said I could use her phone. And so I was trying my best to call him stuff wasn't going through. Then we had a missed call just randomly show up on her phone. And I didn't know who it was freaking me out. My heart starts racing. And then that text message came through saying, have Rachel Earls call this number ASAP. And I 
I I thought like m maybe he was dead and I remember trying to call and it wasn't working and then just grabbing my wallet about to run down the stairs completely terrified and then my friend says oh wait like it's good and a text message had come through from Harold saying it's it's your lawmal love of my life and I made it back down safe and I, I remember in that moment just completely collapsing into my friend Morgan's arms because I felt like that whole time I had been carrying just so much with me trying to be strong through every moment and I finally could just let go I knew that he was safe at well it got, it got a little bit worse um, but in the moment I I was relieved and that felt good but neither Harold or Rachel could anticipate what happened when Harold got back from Everest. More about that after a quick break. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty-turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Harold Earls had just climbed Everest. He completed this big, huge, impossible-feeling thing that had been on his bucket list for a long time. Because when I was on Everest, I was it was like a mission to me. I was solely focused on getting to the top and getting back down. Like, that was my mission. So, like, that's, like, consumed me. And then I think when we got back down, we didn't really have that mission, per se, right? And that's where I think we struggled a little bit as a couple, is kind of that, that crossroads of, like, getting down after something that was so difficult, something that was so hard, and then just kind of how did we respond to that? He should have felt on top of the world, literally, like because he was on top of the freaking world. But he wasn't prepared for what life would be like once he had finally put this milestone behind him. Right after they got off the mountain, there was what they call a summit party. It was like celebrating like, woo, we didn't die. And there was some media there and all their sponsors were there. And Rachel, she was sitting front and center, like just looking beautiful, googly eyed, looking up at me. And I was on stage and I was thinking, Every single person that played a role just really wanted to thank them. There was no way that we could do it without standing on their shoulders. The one person that I forgot to thank and didn't even mention was Rachel. And honestly, like for me, I think it was a huge learning point for us. Like we actually struggled a lot in our marriage on the backside. I think because of that, because I kind of like took her for granted without even realizing it. And so I remember, I think we stayed up until like four in the morning out on his dad's patio, just crying, but like really getting those raw emotions out about how I felt during that. So that resentment didn't build up because it absolutely can. And you have to be able to break down those walls and then clean things up a little bit. And I think that's where the 
the biggest growth came from Harold yeah, was sure. realizing, okay, it's really not just about me. I, th- I think too, as far as on Everest, I think something I didn't realize was the emotional effect that would have on me individually. So I was really, really focused on the mission, but it also was very difficult in regards to just just the mental and emotional side, especially when it came to Rachel. Like, I would like to thank my wife because she's amazing and she's incredible. And I love, I think I learned so much about love, how she not only says, hey, I support you, but I'm going to come alongside you. And if this is your dream, it's going to be my dream as well. And I learned a lot from her. I said, you need to step up a little bit if, if you really want to have kids because we need to be in this together. And he did. But I think it's something you have to check in on every day, you know, remembering, hey, we're a team. We're in this together. We had a a mentor of ours. They've always had a a very strong marriage in a couple that we look up to. And she told us that you have to choose love every single day, that love is a choice. Harold and Rachel had been trying to get pregnant since the beginning of their marriage. It took longer than they expected. And then on Christmas Day, Rachel had a surprise announcement for Harold. She recorded it on her YouTube channel, The Earl's Family Vlogs. I think there might be one more gift for you. One more? One more. Where is it? I didn't wrap it, so... What? Yeah, I didn't wrap it, so I'm going to need you to go in the back room while I get what? it and be blindfolded first. Hey, I'm blindfolded? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's already the best Christmas ever, honey. Okay, just grab my hand. Wow. Okay. okay. Oh. What is this? Is this like a new couch? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Lazy boy. I love you. I love you. Okay. You can open your eyes. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, me, end of our talk, I asked Harold what climbing that mountain taught him about being a better man and a better husband to Rachel. I feel like the time that I was on the mountain, other than it just, I think when you put distance and danger between someone, I think it makes you really just realize how much you miss them and how much Mm -hmm. you enjoy being around them. So I definitely think I learned that, which that's the obvious. We are choosing each other every day. I think that we are still, and you are still an embodiment of how you were supporting me through that right in regards to like this this is how we choose to structure our marriage and our life how we choose to on friday nights like hey we're gonna do our best to go out on a date hey the kids let's put the kids down by 7 45 8 at the very latest so we can actually spend a couple of hours together of just like quality time together i think that's how you've responded and that's what i appreciate and i don't know if it's directly because of that but i think that's played a huge part in keeping our marriage and forming our marriage 
to where our marriage, we just had our five year wedding anniversary, is stronger today than it was our first year of marriage. And mm -hmm. so, and I think that our 10 year wedding anniversary, we're gonna be even stronger as a couple because of that, because I think that we're continually growing in who we are. I think also, probably unfortunately, a lot of people kind of throw divorce on the table as like threats. And that was something from the get-go, Harold and I both knew that divorce is not something either one of us, I don't think anybody wants a divorce to happen, but we are gonna do everything in our power so that that is not the case. And so I guess just starting off knowing that's not something that you do. If you have an argument, you're not tossing that around. No, you're going up and you're listening to each other and you're offering forgiveness and you're doing something that's going to bring you back together versus separate you. We've had to work really hard at it. It's like remembering that we're on the same team. It's like this weird thing in marriage, I swear. And maybe you guys listening can relate, but sometimes it's like, it's almost like you're like on competitive sides. And it's like, yeah. for whatever reason, I'm gonna like turn it against you, you know? And it's like, why am I doing this? I'm making my life so much harder, her life so much harder. And it's like, hey, let's not forget that one, we're on the same team. And two, it doesn't really matter what color the grapes are. Don't sweat the little things in life. The bigger picture, the bigger love is what really matters. And I, I think that's, we've constantly been reminding each other of that mm -hmm. lately of like, hey, we're on the same team. Whether it's like changing a baby's diaper, I'm like, I'm like tallying up, like who's changed whose diapers? Like, well, that was literally today. I've technically changed two diapers a day and you've only changed one. So you should definitely change this diaper. You know, it's like, why am I doing that? Why am I not just like taking the baby in 30 seconds? I'm like a speed diaper changer. Just change the diaper real quick and be done with it. I'll give you a little tip that we do. Cause of course we're not perfect. And yeah, we tend to, we'll get on each other's nerves and stuff, but it's pretty easy to recognize when you start to do that and when you're both not being kind to each other. And we both know at the heart of it, we hate being upset with each other and we love each other. And so we kind of have our safe word, if you will, as a reset button. Our word is recess because it sounds like- A little cheesy, <laughs> It's <now>. cheesy, <laughs> everything we do is a little bit cheesy, but sounds like reset, and, but recess is fun. So that's our way of saying, hey, can we have a recess and let's be nice to each other. And pretty much any time that we've said that, we hug it out. We actually did this interview last year. And since then, Harold and Rachel have had a ton of updates. Harold is no longer on active duty. He recently announced he's running for Congress in Georgia. And they have a much more personal update too. They recently put this little video on their YouTube channel. It takes place during a family helicopter trip in Alaska. And Rachel is giving Harold some more very big news. These two just love surprises. They love them more than any couple that I have ever interviewed. But frankly, this is adorable. Get out. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, let's go. Are you serious? Take it out, take it out. Are you serious? We're pregnant. What? Oh, let's go. I'm not even looking at it. I just assumed there's no way you'd bring it up here. Are you serious? This episode of Committed was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with a very special thanks to Harold and Rachel Earls. Supervising producer is Ramsey Yunt. The executive producers are Joe Piazza, 
and Tyler Kling. Theme song and music by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's jo at committedpodcast.com. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, How to Be Married, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, Joe here. This episode of Committed is brought to you by my brand new novel, The Sicilian Inheritance. This is honestly the best book that I've ever written. I love it so much. The Sicilian Inheritance is a twisty, turny family murder mystery set on the beautiful and sometimes dangerous island of Sicily. And it's incredibly personal. It's loosely based on the real-life murder of my great-great-grandmother, Lorenza Marsala. The Sicilian Inheritance comes out on April 2nd, but it is available for pre-order right now wherever you get your books. And if you pre-order and email me your receipt to joe.piazza at gmail.com or DM me at Instagram, I will give you a free lifetime subscription to our newsletter Over the Influence. We'll be posting exclusive pictures, videos, and show transcripts for the very new season of Committed coming out in February. So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.